How did you... How did... We get you? Hard work. We used blood samples from Fiori 16 on ice, where you died. We've remade you. We cloned you. Fiori 16. Does that ring a bell? Are you remembering something? Does it grow? Yeah. Very rapidly. It's a queen. How did you know that? She'll breed. You'll die. Welcome to Screen Run. I'm the lady one. I'm the podcast mother. And I'm here with... Do it. What does it mean when she says it? Who are you? Yeah, all right. I'm Chris Galzer. <laughs> I'm just I'm just a dude. I'm just another middle-aged <laughs> white guy with a podcast. <laughs> Screen Run is the podcast where Chris and I discuss the works of a particular artist or franchise in its entirety. Here in season two, we are discussing the Alien films, and this episode is about Alien Resurrection. And we're excited to be joined by another wonderful guest this week. We have Sean from Cheap Seat Reviews. Hi, Sean. Hi, and I'm just the guy that has a whole bunch of guns hidden in different places, but you can't <laughs> detect them because in the future we're bad at detecting things. <laughs> well, if you build your entire house out of metal and then you could expertly hide the components of said guns. <laughs> yeah, if you build your house out of guns, then no one will know where the guns are. Well, right? sure. Yeah, but I mean... <laughs> What is what is the uh, Alien Resurrections all about, please, podcast mommy? <laughs> Which is what I'm going to call you going forward now. Oh, I think that makes me feel weird. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely going to use that when you come on our show. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, what happens uh, in, in this movie? Um, hmm. Well, we've got a cloned Ripley. We've got Winona Ryder is an android which i didn't know previous to watching this movie yeah. um, that, wait i just want to clarify <laughs> winona Ryder in real life is not an android <laughs> i mean do we know this for sure all right well that's that's a fair point she, i think you have she, to say allegedly i think she, legally she does like her shoes i don't know if that's a thing or not that droids do but androids do but you know it could be i think we have to say allegedly all right call is that because they were recalled? Is that why that's her name? There's there's some dumb trivia about how Ooh. as the, the movies progress, the androids' names have gone from A to B to C. And so I guess they couldn't think of, I guess, recall maybe, but also it needed to be a C. So because you had... Yeah. And she's a, a product of the robots too, right? She wasn't yeah. made by real people. She was made by robots. robots made robots but then they said there was a recall of those robots made by robots and i was like is that her way of hiding that she's part of the recall is she's like my name is uh uh call like i i that's just too strange for it to not be connected but also it doesn't make any sense to be connected i have a lot of questions about this movie <laughs> and the sad part is is that none of us have the answer <laughs> yeah but i'll just yeah. make it up as we go so feel free to ask why. i think I think that's a good idea. All right, so we've got cloned Ripley. We are 200 years in the future from the last movie. Kind of space pirates, 
shady military medical experiments, lots of aliens. That's that's yeah. The the fact that you're having a hard time <laughs> telling a concise recap of this movie mm. tells you everything you need to know about this movie. It's a little sloppy. <laughs> and and gross. Sloppy and gross and wet. And yes. Yeah, it's it's definitely the wettest alien movie of, out of all of them. Well, that I've seen so far. I guess I can't speak for, for future ones. Maybe it gets wetter. I don't know. Um, you tell me, podcast mommy. <laughs> <laughs> so Alien Resurrection is a curious beast because it came out in 1997, which is almost 20 years after the first one but it's only five years after the third one so i'm taking a wild guess that perhaps you saw this in theaters chris yes at that point in 1997 chris did you miss ripley it wasn't really in my conscience that much back in the 90s with the alien franchise everything after aliens or or as we affectionately call it on the show alien um (laughs) it didn't really have an impact on me after that second one the rest of them were all more like curios like oh it's a new alien movie i guess we'll, we'll check it out and i will say that this one did have the hook of me which is of course probably at the, near the height or maybe on the downspin at the height of her powers winona Ryder. oh yeah she's so pretty i t- <laughs> watching the making of Oh my God, she's gorgeous, right? It's like this porcelain dough. I mean, she's an angel. (laughs) I I literally, from watching those in my notes, it was just like, oh my God, she's gorgeous. Like I could not stop staring at her. I would like little rascals like sigh with my head in my hands (laughs) when she would come on and any of the making making of stuff. Yeah. She's, she's, she's still, she's still very pretty, but Mm -hmm. like. Absolutely. 1997, Winona Ryder is just an an angel completely. I love her. So let's spend about another 45 minutes talking about how beautiful (laughs) Winona Ryder is. We could. (laughs) That um... won't be creepy at all. (laughs) It's not for you and I at all. Oh, no, no. We can can make it work. So I, as we have discussed on the show before, I I was not that familiar with the Alien series. Mm -hmm. I had seen... AVP first. I eventually made my way to the first two in the series. And then the rest of them, I am watching them all for the first time. So I just saw Alien Resurrection for the first time. Sean, what is your personal history with this movie in particular and the Alien franchise overall? And Winona so this Ryder. is a, f- and <laughs> well, I mean, Renona Ryder, I mean, she's, you know, like Beetlejuice, you know, it's right. You know, it's it's that and, and a handful of other things. And, of course, she is one of our two main Star Trek connections in this movie as well. I always have to do that. So I'm contractually obligated. But <laughs> as far as the Alien franchise, so my kind of experience with the Aliens is, is weird. So Aliens, the second one, was <laughs> the first R-rated movie I ever saw. Ooh. And it scared me because I was like 10. Yeah. So... When it came out, I'm trying to remember, when did that came out? 89, 80-something? 80 oh, my God. I should know this because we did this. Is it 86? What are we talking about? I, I was remember. thinking about, I was looking at <laughs> yeah, the Wikipedia page. Yeah, 86. <laughs> yeah, it came out on 86. Okay. So, obviously, I didn't watch it. I was I was uh, four when it came out. But, <laughs> um, you know, dad, uh, my dad had bought it or rented it, I think, on Blockbuster at the time. So, uh, yeah. you know, would have been, you know. What a difference. Late 80s, early 90s. So, yeah, I was... <laughs> Eight, not eight or nine or ten, and so uh, I remember God damn the it. scene. You were um, eight or nine or ten when this came out. 
no, 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 he's talking about aliens. Out. Okay, sorry. Well, you know what? Aliens I'm going came to, out. I'm going to close my Wikipedia Winona Ryder page. <laughs> you got to pay attention. More. You're distracted by her beauty. It's I was okay. remember I was going through. I remember that she had got arrested for you know for shoplifting, and I'm like, well, yeah, that was that was my joke about, about the, the shoes. The shoes. So I know, I know. I'm just saying it because <laughs> I was working my way towards my joke that she also stole my heart. But that's fine. Let's, let's continue. Cute. All right, Sean, I'm, I'm focused. I walked downstairs, and it was the scene where the ship has landed, and there's like the big field of of the egg sacks, right? Hmm. And I'm like, hey, Dad, what is this? And he goes, oh, it's aliens. He says, it's pretty scary. I'm like, okay. And then like a face hugger happened, and I'm like, oh, I'm out. And then... <laughs> And then I came back into the scene. Uh, Dad literally was like, hey, check this out. And it was the scene where she straps the machine gun and the flamethrower together to go get Newt. So I watched all of that. Uh, and then the scene with the, uh, the the lifter, the forklifter yeah. uh, mech suit thing. And uh, I was like, oh, that was that was actually kind of cool. So yeah. that was kind of my first foray into to, to rated R. And again, I was like nine or ten. That's also um, huh. that movie's a scary one as a kid because there's a kid in it. Yeah. And she's in peril. That I feel like that makes it scarier than just watching a bunch of adults in a scary movie. I think you're right. Well, the, the scariest movie, okay, we're gonna go on a weird tangent here, but the movie, <laughs> you know how some people will post <clears throat> excuse me on like Twitter or whatever, and they'll say, What's the one movie that scarred you as a kid? Right. Yes. And you always yes. see people say stuff like The Exorcist or The Poltergeist or mm-hmm. Halloween. For me, it was uh, Lord of the Flies. And they made a movie, and um, I eventually would read the book, and so I figured out what it was all. And it was on HBO, and we had it, and I shouldn't have been watching it because I was probably 9 or 10. So as I'm watching the movie, I kind of identified with Piggy. As as kind of you know just someone I like oh I, I kind of identify with him because he's yeah. the kid that kind of got picked on a little bit and whatever Aww. and then when he gets and then when he gets killed by a boulder I was like holy balls spoilers children yeah, <laughs> from an old book and an old movie yeah um, it it really scared me because it's like kids killing kids right like yeah that's t- terrifying yeah and oh. and so like that movie I mean I had bad dreams for weeks after that movie sure. I mean I went like crying to mom and dad and i didn't want to tell them why i was having the bad dreams because then i would lose hbo privilege yeah you can't can't um, do that so i lied and just said <laughs> something scared me at school or whatever but um so anyway back to aliens so uh so i eventually would watch all of aliens 2 when i got a little bit older and all of alien 1 mm-hmm. um but i missed the third one completely i'm, I'm not That's sure fine. how I missed it. And then, but I thought I had watched it because I was watching, I thought this one was the third one. And so um, this movie starts. And then when, you know, the space pirates show up, I'm going, oh, wait. Because I, for some reason, got them conflated. I'm like, I thought wheelchair guy with the gun rack was in, like, that was the prison one or whatever. It's like, I got them all confused. Mm. So, so I've seen this one before. And I remember not liking it when I saw it then. And we'll get into how I feel about it now. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of and I've seen none of the Alien versus Predator, and I've seen none of the Covenant trilogy, the the prequel trilogy. I've not seen a single second of those. Also, I can't help but bring bring us back another full circle on the weird tangent is the first movie I saw as a kid that just disturbed me unbelievably was Beetlejuice. So thanks for ah. that writer. 
Nice. <laughs> yeah, just them, the Maitlands stretching their faces out. Nope, I was done for. I was horrified. Yeah. It was so scary. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think we have short shrifted this film from the get-go because I think there is an actual plot in this film. And I don't like how you just kind of glance right over it. You don't even... Do you want to say what this movie is about? what it is. I, I would like to hear you summarize it. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> okay, do it so, for us. All right, just because you know, I this is the things you do for podcast mommy. I gotta <laughs> stop doing that. So there's some military <laughs> scientists, and they're on a vessel, and basically what they're doing is they've cloned Ripley, and they're attempting to clone then the aliens for, mm-hmm. you know, bad things. And they're the space pirates, as you say. They kind of come aboard the ship because they're bringing, they're bringing some... Things that the scientists mm-hmm. need in order to help with the evolution of the aliens. And one of them is this kind of undercover Winona Ryder person who was actually there to stop the experiments. And that's when they run into cloned Ripley. Mm-hmm. And they try and save the day by destroying the aliens and stopping all the bad scientists. I think that's... Is that good? Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, There's we, we missed the part of the of the inevitable bad decision that leads to the series of unfortunate events that allows the aliens to escape and all that stuff and cause the, the, the chaos. Um, <laughs> though, though ultimately this is a movie where the aliens are going to escape regardless of the space pirates. They just give us some interesting people to look at yeah. while I'm saying, cause the, the alien escape part is going to happen eventually Yeah, because the scientists are, would never think that one alien would kill <laughs> another alien and use the blood of its, brother to create a hole in the floor so they could escape that's pretty cool though i was very excited about that and i think that's one of the interesting all right let me level set okay you know what i didn't hate this i don't hate this movie at all when i saw it in the theaters (laughs) honestly i thought it was garbage when i first saw it that that is a fair instant assessment but i was wrong and i think Mm -hmm. time has been very kind to this film i think Mm -hmm. part of the issue is that you're turning the franchise at least in this entry into a black comedy. And I think that that is a very interesting decision, especially after the last three films. I think this film's a lot of fun. I think it's got a lot of Mm -hmm. interesting and fresh ideas. I like the idea of the merging of the DNA between Mm -hmm. creating a new different Ripley, which then gives Sigourney Weaver, I think the time of her life being able to do whatever the hell she wants with this role. And, Listen, it has its Joss Whedon-y touches, which I think we've all grown to hate at this point. Mm-hmm. But they are all here. But another thing it does exceptionally well, and it's very smart, is its casting. It has some, how do I put this, A-list B guys. You got Ron Perlman. <laughs> you got you got Duraf, right? You got Dan Hedaya. You have mm-hmm. Raymond Cruz. And you have Michael Wincott, who was like the bad guy of the 90s. If you wanted a bad guy, you went with the gravelly voice to Michael Wincott. Right. And then also, what do we do? We ratchet up the gore and the violence. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I had a good time revisiting this film. I, I do not hate this movie at all. <laughs> I really don't. But I want to I want to get more more into it. But first, I got to do a little Please. explaining of how we got this movie. So our original producers, Walter Hill and David Geiler, did not want there to be a fourth alien movie. Fox actually started the script being worked on without even telling them about it. And funny enough, David Geiler had joked to Sigourney Weaver at the Alien 3 premiere that like, hey, you know, they could always clone Ripley, LOL. And um, 
yeah, yeah, that's that's where we went eventually. But Sigourney Weaver also didn't really want there to be anything more after Alien 3. She hated the idea of Ripley continuing to wake up in more nightmare scenarios. And she said the entire point of her dying in Alien 3 is to stop the species and to finally be at peace. And she's saying this in like promo footage for Alien Resurrection, which I found to be very entertaining that she's like literally arguing against the movie that she is promoting. But she liked the Joss Whedon script. She got $11 million and she got to be a co-producer. Good so I think she was, you know, happy with this project. And like you said, she got to be a completely different version of the character and just be kind of bananas. And this is going to sound weird. I, I think that really works because there's nothing else to do. Her character completed the arc. This is just a character who shares some DNA with her. This isn't like Ripley that we've known. So Joss Whedon wrote this movie. I have to come. I have to complain really severely right now about Joss Whedon. Just briefly, I will keep it contained. But it's your show, go crazy, man. <laughs> okay, so you've seen this, Chris. You've seen this from I think the either the behind the scenes or the making of when Joss Whedon is talking about how he wanted to make Ripley uh, strange and edgy, and he said in an interview. I watched this large-headed man say this. I was afraid Sigourney would say, can't we make her pretty and likable and have a puppy? Mm. That's how he characterized this 48-year-old movie star, producer of the film, Sigourney Weaver. That's how he positioned What on earth would make him think that Sigourney Weaver would be like, no, but like Ripley should be pretty. What is wrong with this man? Yeah, I'm starting to think he may have an issue with female stars. I don't know. (laughs) It seems just maybe. It's kind of weird. Yeah, so that made me furious to watch him say that. (sighs) Why? Why? So that's all right. I'm going to step down from being cranky about it. Now he's, he's, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I guess I read an interview too he did afterwards. And originally, I guess he wanted the film with the focus supposed to be on a clone of Newt. That was the plan. And then they said, well, if you're going to make this, we want Sigourney Weaver to star in it. Yeah. And then, and then I love that he's like, all right, well, how am I going to, how do we bring back her then? How, what do we, how, now I'm tasked with figuring yeah. out how to bring back Sigourney Weaver, even though his original <laughs> idea was to clone, do a clone of Newt. It really must have been a heavy lift to figure out what yeah. to do there. Now, listen, I don't, I'm not saying that the idea is bad. I think it's fine with it. I'm more just a little like, Oh, really? Were you that put upon to then basically just switch out the name to stick with the original plot you're going to go with anyway? Say, also, he wrote this in 1996, like the year of Dolly the Sheep. Right. That's what <laughs> we were all talking about. Yeah. And I like, too, that he, so he's, I, I guess in this interview, he's he's unhappy with the finished product. He was asked in 05, and this is his quote, which I just love. Aww. It wasn't a question of doing everything di- differently, although they changed the ending. It was mostly a matter of doing everything wrong. They said the lines mostly, but they said them all wrong. And they cast it wrong, which is totally incorrect. And then they designed it wrong. And they scored it wrong. Well, you may be right about that. They did everything wrong they could possibly do. There's actually a fascinating lesson in filmmaking because something that they did reflects back to the script or looks something from the script. And people assume that if I hated it, then they changed the script. But it hasn't so much that they changed the script. Is that they just executed it in such a ghastly fashion as to render it almost unwatchable? Wow, man, shut up, Joss Whedon. Ugh. Well, I guess you're not going to be a guest. 
he he kind of does hate this movie. It's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, he wouldn't be the first person who worked on an alien movie and then hated it. What's up, David Fincher? But just to be like, it's bad because of everyone else but me? That's rude. (laughs) (laughs) And I contend it's not even that bad. Again, I don't think it's bad. But Well, you have to look at the... I'm looking at it from his point of view is yeah. that if you had a particular vision for it yeah, and I can, I have another really fun piece of trivia Please. specifically Ooh. kind of what his, his vision was because, because <laughs> honestly his vision was more like what Serenity and Firefly would be for this more yeah. of the space cowboy, more of the tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. you know, kind of almost slapsticky kind of thing just mm-hmm. with super violence right and there's that's why there's been kind of connections made to the the crew of the space pirate crew and this are kind of similar to the crew of firefly and serenity they kind of have like jane is uh, ron perlman you know like the 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 captain is kind of the, the captain in the like there's a lot of you know parallels anyway yeah. that's that's the point the point is is that he had an idea for the, the script and then the studio, the directors, and the executive producers came in and, and they just took the script but completely changed what his vision of it would be. And that's why he's saying that they ruined his, his, his vision. I'm not saying what they did was make a worse movie, just it yeah. wasn't what he thought. So that's why he would eventually just become a director and make, kind of make his own things. But yeah, so he could execute his own, his own vision. Uh, and again, I'm not saying what he's saying is right or wrong i'm just saying he's mad because in his opinion you know he gave them the ingredients mm. to make to make a pizza and somehow they made lasagna like well it's still okay but it's not the right thing yeah i think yeah. that's no, fair and I'll, I'll confess yeah. i think my commentary is colored by the fact that i don't particularly care for the gentleman so no. but i think sean you're you're exactly right about that and as a little side note i want to say if you want to hear a discussion between a writer and a director where they are at odds with the finished product. I think one of the best audio commentaries you can listen to is the Limey with Steven Soderbergh and Lem Dobbs. And you can still, I think it's still available on the DVD, which I think you can track down pretty cheaply. But it is one of the best commentaries I've ever heard because Dobbs had very particular ideas for where he wanted the Limey to go and Soderbergh had a much different idea. And the two of them actually kind of go back and forth at each other throughout the commentary. It's a fascinating <laughs> listen. So, but yeah, yeah, I think Sean, you're right. I think it's I, it's probably my bias against Whedon. I think that is a fair point, especially yeah. for an artist to feel that their work was, you know, usurped. Yeah, I mean, they definitely didn't hire a director who was going to uh, to make a Joss Whedon style movie Mm. they originally tried to get danny boyle fresh off of train spotting but he passed on the project and they ended up with the director who we have which is jean-pierre Junot, and he knew straight up from alien 3 he was like they're not gonna let me do my like french cinema thing i'm just going to work this commercial project and make alien like he was just like i'm gonna do my best to do what the studio is expecting. And um, I think it works for what it is. Listen, I think both of us so far are on the record for actually having enjoyed this. Sean, <laughs> what about you? Put a stake in the yeah, ground. What is your flag? Boy, I've been oddly quiet. I, I, didn't, I didn't hate the movie. I didn't have a good time with it, though. I was mm. bored. I was annoyed. I was confused. I don't understand how in 1997, the same year we have The Fifth Element, that the, that the CGI or that the practical effects 
look as bad as they do. If you would have just let me watch it, right? We just watched it. Yeah. And then said, what year did this come out? I would have said, well, this came out probably like 89, right? So if Alien 2 came out in 86, then this mm-hmm. would have come out in 89 just for some reason Sigourney Weaver looks 15 years older. <laughs> and because like the spaceship looks terrible. I mean, I know it's a miniature and I know mm-hmm. that the budget, and again, it's a little unfair to com- to compare this to the fifth element. The fifth element is almost a hundred million dollar budget. And this is like a $70 million budget, but like, it's really bad. <laughs> it just, it <laughs> looks really bad. And then there's all these other things that really annoyed me throughout the movie. And we'll get to those later. But like, again, I didn't hate it. I don't think it's the worst thing I've seen. In fact, we were talking pre-show about, you know, use of language on the podcast. The the last time I dropped an (laughs) F-bomb on my show was when we did Halloween Kills because that movie pissed me off. (laughs) It really pissed me off. And so I I dropped an F-bomb on that show uh, on mine. All right, I'm going to have to listen to that episode because I actually enjoyed Halloween Kills. So I you are the uh, only one, Chris. Yeah, I, and I, I have a lot of fun it. with that film. I just I feel like the whole internet is mad at it, and just you you're the only one. Yeah, Matt and I both kind of just got what we got wanted out of it. I guess I don't know. <laughs> and I I don't begrudge anyone for liking a thing that I don't like or for yeah. I know, do like I. Well, that's fine, and like you know, there's that's why most podcasts exist is to have the argument. I I just simply say I loved I really really liked Halloween the 2018 one. I really liked it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really interesting and clever and yeah. it was a really cool continuation of the Halloween story. Um and in this movie it just felt like the the entire movie was just the trope of people are stupid. I mean <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's like literally there is a meat grinder, there is a giant meat grinder that's on in front of you. And instead of going around it and turning it off, I'm going to throw bodies at it to try yeah. to clog it up. Like, it, I guess my other contempt for society probably has something to do with it. It's just, that was one of the main things. It's just people are like in Halloween 2018, it feels like most people in that movie are making good decisions. They're acting like normal human beings. As and good as this, possible, yeah. As good as possible, because yeah. uh, you've seen that, right? Yeah. Uh, most of the people that die in that movie are almost, they're just because they're in the way, mm-hmm. right? Like, they're just almost bystanders. Like, they don't matter. They're just deaths to be deaths, which is kind of what Halloween is. Is like, he's just on this murder spree. Mm. But in this movie, people are literally putting themselves in the path of destruction. <laughs> so that was one, that was kind of my biggest complaint. Sorry, I didn't mean to... No, that's fine. Take us on you know, that speaking of which, did you know that Winona Ryder dated Matt Damon for three years? I had no idea. 1998 to 2000. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. So, that's Sean, an I want to... That's, that's what I'm here for. Sean, I have a question for you. I'm, I'm fascinated yeah. because when I watched... How did you watch Resurrection? Like, did like you, was it streaming? Did you own it on something? How did you watch it? I definitely don't... I definitely don't own it. No, it was on Amazon Prime. I rented yes. it. I just... I, yeah, I streamed it. It's currently on Prime with your subscription. Interesting. All right. So I have, I'm holding up for the camera. I have the Blu-ray because it was like $7 on Amazon. on Amazon. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to pull the trigger. And I bought it. Yeah. Plus I wanted to be able to watch the special edition and then listen to the commentary and all the fun stuff. I did not have (laughs) the same issues with the effects that you did. And I'm wondering if there's some kind of issue with either A, with the transfer, because Amazon, listen, folks, Mm. if you're not Amazon, Amazon Prime is notorious for S-word transfers. A lot of their streaming stuff just looks like crap, and it's it's an embarrassment. And I don't know why they're not they don't do anything about it. I'm wondering though if for the 
release if they maybe cleaned up the effects. Because outside of one scene when the alien, I think, is it walk past Wincott's spot? I don't know. There's a scene where you see the double jointed legs or the whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That looks a little sketch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. outside of that, I thought it looked fine. So I'm wondering so, if it was a streaming issue. I or think at least it's the a transfer that Amazon has. Transfer, yeah. I think it's a bit of it because there were definitely parts. I watched it streaming on Prime as well. And there were some parts where I was like, oh, that CGI didn't look that good. But there were other parts that I thought looked pretty good. But then watching the essentially one of the special features from the DVD, the practical effects looked much better as I'm watching them on YouTube clips. So I really hmm. do think because like I didn't really notice the eggs at all watching the movie. But watching the featurette about how they made the eggs different this time, they looked so good. Interesting. They looked real. And I really do think there is an issue with watching this movie on on Prime. It doesn't doesn't look as good. It's not quite there. I still didn't think the effects were like super terrible. There yeah, were a couple yeah. of moments where I was like, oh, boy. But overall, um, especially the practical, I thought the practical looked like. Really All good. the stuff inside the ship, I thought, looked fine. You mm-hmm. know, the aliens moving around, I thought, was fine. Even the underwater CGI alien, I thought, yeah. actually looked... Because it's an alien, it can look however yeah. janky it needs to, because it doesn't matter, because we don't... <laughs> we've never seen an alien yeah. underwater. So it could look... <laughs> so it, it's kind of terrifying how quickly they can move underwater. Yeah. yeah. Um, which which makes that whole, that whole scene really effective, because it's mm-hmm. like... You can also drown on a spaceship, which is terrifying, as well as be eaten on a, you know, or by or killed by this alien on a spaceship. So, like right. those parts were really effective, uh, and some of the trivia about that stuff was really just—I mean, Ron Perlman almost died doing those scenes. Um, and that would have been a national was, disgrace. Oh my gosh! I mean, how horrifying! Horrifying, you know. So, but it was—it was mostly the exterior shots. You know, it was mostly mm. like when it was establishing. Here's the ship, and we're out in space, and it's like, yeah. okay, I know it's a, I know it's a miniature, but like, this looked better in Star Wars in 1977. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why we've, we've regressed 20 years in that. But maybe you're right. Maybe, the, um, I mean, to be honest, this is what it, it looked like. Someone had taken a VHS copy and then transferred that to Amazon. Yeah, I think it's that's gotta like, be look that great. Yeah. I think that's prime. It, and and maybe it is. So I don't know. It might be worth me taking a couple of minutes to go look at it. Maybe I can find it on YouTube or something to see if there's a, a, a version. Cause that'd be interesting if you watched it, like if you pulled it up on prime, like right now and watched just some of those establishing shots, if you can kind of see what I'm saying, cause it, it looks it's, bad. It's pretty yeah. grimy, especially when the ship crashes into earth. I mean, it looks real bad. It, it, so, um, oh yeah, that also, wasn't terribly how, good in the Blu-ray. Yeah. yeah but I mean, how wasn't... big is that ship? I mean, that was like 400 nuclear explosions. If you could see it from space, I mean, that's, like they just killed four, you know, billion people. Like all of South South America is now dead. Yeah, things but, happen, yeah. <laughs> but they did say Earth sucks, so you know maybe yeah. that's fine. Yeah, that that was generally a little a one of the series of questions that I had was like, is Earth a shithole as they say, or do they want to save it? And it seems like both. The answer well, is both. If you look at the original intended version that God King Whedon wanted to do, um, <laughs> is that they do get back to Earth. And if you watch the extended cut, there is an yes. alternate ending which shows them on Earth 
with uh you know uh, um ripley and and uh ms winona ryder uh they're in the re- the ruins of paris right yeah. and everything's been decimated so clearly there's yeah. some kind of apocalyptic event that has occurred and i want to say too one of the worst jokes i think ever whedon's ever written is in the extended cut when you found out what happens to will and yutani as a corporation which made me groan so loud i woke up the dog when i was watching <laughs> it did you know what it is juan did you know I, I know what it is yeah, go, go ahead, ahead sean the well he he said that they were bought by walmart Oh, stop it. Yeah. Oh. So there you go. <laughs> oh. So there you go. Good times. Boo. Ugh. Oh, Joss Whedon. I did groan out loud when his name came up on the credits because I truly knew nothing about this movie going into yeah. it. And as soon as I saw written by Joss Whedon, I was like, oh, no. Like yeah. to no one. There's but- an alternate opening, which doesn't really do anything for the film. There's a couple other mm-hmm. scenes that are extended, like this the scene where they do the removal of the queen alien from Ripley's body. She okay. actually wakes up in the surgery at the end. Ooh. It doesn't actually cut to her, you know, in the cell. And some other, like I said, extended stuff that doesn't really do much. So uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd. I actually think I prefer the the theatrical cut. I know that allegedly, uh, as you know, does he says that's the director's cut is the theatrical version. He's yeah. they just assembled this extended version for the Blu-ray. So yeah, I mean, this entire series about. just lives off of. But there's another version. Mm-hmm. That's 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 all of it. Sometimes it's better, sometimes it's not. And uh, actually, I'm going to say all of the time there is a debate. Uh, nobody can ever agree, which which is what we love about movies, right? Is uh arguing well, over opinions. And one of the fun things about this franchise in particular is that because there have been novelizations and stuff that kind of fill in gaps, like there are lots of other stories that people yeah. like to tell, kind of retcon, so to speak. I think there's a comic where basically like Newt grows up mm. uh, with the help of Bishop and she becomes like an alien hunting badass kind of a thing. And, you know, there, there's these other stories. And um, I even read on trivia a few minutes before we started that there's a fan theory that uh, Christy survives that he goes into the water and then somehow makes it to an escape pod. And he's waiting for the, for the rest of the crew on earth. That would be something. (laughs) Why not? You know, I mean, you know, like he's, he's like, like one of the only likable guys of that crew. So nobody's ever really dead says these movies. So (laughs) I think, think anybody anybody is a possibility we had talked about this this was on one of our earlier episodes was the alien 3 episode i was lamenting the lack of cocooning and i was absolutely delighted (laughs) with the just the mass cocooning that happened in this movie i don't know why you know chucky was giving that weird monologue as he was in the nest but I just loved it. I love seeing people stuck in the alien resin. It's kind of my favorite thing in these movies. So I was so happy to have a whole nest full of people. What Uh, about, did you enjoy too the further developed special effects of the egg opening? Where they pulse and they have different kind of... Yeah. The the whole... So the reveal that the, the cargo from our space pirates is a whole bunch of just people in hypersleep who they're going to just leave to get face hugged. That's so scary. Mm. Like the eggs are the scariest part to me. The eggs are scarier than the aliens to me. Um, really? 
I don't know. I, I think that's like a psychological issue for me. Um, but me. I, I just find them to be so scary the way they like open up and it's just like this ominous moment of like, oh no, something terrible is about to happen. And so like showing all of the the sleepers all kind of lined up, just ready to be sacrificed was like, oh God, that was, that was an intense moment. Yeah, totally agree. That 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 was uh that scene was very effective, you know, yeah. when they're just they're just oh you oh I've been having a nice sleep. Oh I'm gonna wake up. <laughs> Holy crap, this thing's about to you know, yeah, it it's it's rough. Yeah, it's just super, super scary. A a very frightening premise that they didn't like exploit for the full gore right away either. They're just kind of like cut away as soon as you start screaming, like we're we're gonna we're we're gonna cut to Ripley playing basketball. Um just <laughs> in a fascinating scene um my confusion when that started uh cannot be described because i just i'm like i don't know how far this is in the future but there's a gym in this ship and she's got basketball and i don't yeah. understand she's she's not dressed for basketball I don't I don't know what's going on. Also, how was she cloned with a manicure and now she's got a manicure and she's playing basketball? That those two things are that's very difficult. So I thought yeah. it was like just alien fingernails. Yeah. Like I, it wasn't I, a manicure kinda... per se, but it was just really? part of the alien DNA that had kind of snuck out. Yeah, because they look very sharp and pointy because doesn't she uses them to like cut through some of the membrane or something? I, I always kind of figured that that was part of the mutation is that she had she had pointy sharp claws that makes more sense that's probably also why her hair's all wet right she's like all gooey like they are god how much ky did it go through in this film a lot this is the most covered in goo i think out of any of the films for sure yeah and three had a lot slimy movie Yeah. yeah but her her hair is constantly slicked and i on my second viewing i was like oh i think that's like the stuff that comes out of the aliens right it catch. is right i don't it's know sean what do you style? think I, I didn't put that together that's interesting. I, I i don't know i mean she she has some of the characteristics of the alien so to kind of make her look um uh, as alien is <laughs> moist oh i didn't want to say that but i was i was gonna say sheen um uh. Uh, sheeny but yeah um yeah. And to have and her 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 acting choices were really interesting in this movie. I couldn't tell if it was clever or if she was just bored. <laughs> you know, when she's doing all this kind of there's a lot of shots of her just looking off camera at things and tilting her head like, you know, she's imitating a dog or something. Like there's a lot yeah. of that on camera. Yeah. Um and it's like some of it was effective to make her look strange. And and I like the basketball scene where she kind of shows off that she's a little bit more badass than just yeah. a regular dude, which I, I it's a really cool scene, especially when she beats <laughs> Christy up with a basketball. Yeah. Um, that that was pretty cool. Yeah. But then there's other times where her powers, I'm confused. It's like she can smell on the one dude, the the stuttery dude with the glasses, that he has an alien in her, but she can't tell that Winona Ryder is not human. Yeah, that did seem a bit weird, and. And also, like, when they went into, when they go through the trap, uh, through the water to the nest, it seemed odd that a face hooker would jump on her because don't they know not 
to do that. I don't know. Maybe it's just instinct or whatever. Maybe those things are just running off. It's like a Venus flytrap. Like it's just, yeah. it, it senses a thing and goes for it. But Or maybe it just missed somebody else. Sure. Just kind of caught it by accident. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. That that whole scene in the in the on the on the ladder is both terrifying and frustrating at the same time. Because it's sorry. like well, it's like they're climbing and Christy has got um little man strapped to him, which is I think awesome in the fact that like like these are pirates, you know, these are guys that you know know honor amongst thieves, right? But this is mm. a dude that's willing to take the weight of another man on his back both swimming and then dead dead climbing while he's on his back like there's a, there's a history between the two of these guys that goes a long way which is kind of cool yeah um but then it's like when the alien is climbing up and you know ron perlman does his kind of spider-man shoot thing and you know pops one into the alien like sigourney weavers she's just standing there and it's like you should be like spider-man yourself down there and help the guy out or something it just felt like the whole movie, she's a badass, and until that moment, she becomes helpless, uh, damsel in distress, almost. Yeah, she she has super strength. She could do a little more. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and so like it, it makes me question: Does she want the aliens to succeed or not? Like, yeah. Sometimes she wants them to like. It, it just it's weird. It's like sometimes she cares and sometimes she doesn't. It was just it was it was. In that moment, I didn't like that that moment where it's like she just watches as yeah. this man who who in earlier in the movie, you know, said she's coming with us. Like mm-hmm. he he when once the captain was dead, he yeah. made the choice. Yeah, she's gonna come with us. So he's already stuck his neck out, you know, against Ron Perlman to say, No, she's gonna come with us. Mm-hmm. And then she just watches him ultimately sacrifice himself to the water. That's that's just I don't know. It was, was frustrating, but I do think that that's how it's supposed to make us feel. Chris, what do you think? Do you think it is supposed to be like Ripley kind of isn't sure throughout? Because I, I get the sense that like we're not necessarily sure whose side she's on. But do you think that she's not sure whose side she's on throughout? Yeah, I think she's just playing it. Well, I think she's playing it where she's mostly kind of just looking out for herself. Yeah. And uh, figuring things out as she goes. Because remember, she is, even though she's progressing and looks like an adult, uh, she's still, you know, she's just born within the confines of the timing of our film. Yeah. So I think more she's finding her way, trying to figure out who she is. And not trusting the people around her, not trusting herself. I think there's a lot of that in there. But she definitely comes to a point, I think, where she needs to survive. And this is what she needs to do is to work with these people to survive. Yeah. It took me some time to even consider in in my first watch that Ripley might have any other ideas in mind other still- than just let's kill those aliens. But then like throughout you do start to be like, well, she doesn't know these people like she didn't sign up for this mission like the last one like this is well, not the last one, the one before that. This is a little bit of a different situation. There's a little bit of ambiguity. I bit. think there's. I think there's still. She's still Ripley in some capacity, though. There's still a, a good streak yeah. in her, obviously. Yeah, I mean, and she does attach herself pretty quickly to Winona Ryder's character. I mm-hmm. mean, they they become. I don't want to say more than friends, but I mean, like their relationship, you know, progresses really quickly um, because I think she sees maybe she sees herself in her or something or she sees the the innocence or she 
remembers her friend Bishop or whatever, mm, you know, and yeah. whereas all these other guys, well, they all kind of suck in their own way. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I, I personally, as a, as a big Bishop fan, I do like to think that Ripley was kind of drawn to call because she reminds her of Bishop. I'd like to think so. Yeah. It could, nice. I mean, and don't forget too, there's a scene. Well, I should say, don't forget. You may not have seen it in the extended version. <laughs> There's a scene when they're kind of testing her with different things. They're showing her different pictures. And at one point, they shows her a picture of a little girl who looks mm -hmm. similar to Newt. And she reacts. There is a visceral, visceral reaction to seeing that photo. I don't know if it's like a subconscious hit for her because she doesn't know who yeah. she is. Yeah. But there is something there. So Ripley is still in there somewhere for sure. Yes. It's actually kind of neat. Definitely. Did you know that Winona Ryder dated Johnny Depp when she was 17 and he was 26? Uh, I don't I think like I that. I did know that one, actually. That, yeah, but Hollywood's full of that stuff. I guess. I think tangent time, because it's also, while we're recording this, it's very much uh, zeitgeist of how old was Taylor Swift when she was dating Jake Gyllenhaal and that that age oh, difference. And she was, well, I, I, he didn't show up to her 21st birthday, Chris. How do you not know that? I'm very old. <laughs> anyway i called um, I, I called I, that other blockbuster musician artist billy english for about six months nice all right so oh that's that's okay but anyway i i think if you have been working in hollywood professionally i think when you're 17 you're older than you're 17 i think yeah that's libertarians that's must love saying. you <laughs> i just like i don't know like how young was winona Ryder when she started acting that's a good question oh, yeah, uh, you, yeah don't you still well, have her uh have imdb up. open <laughs> you 50, said you were good clothes good for you winona Ryder filmography nope no let's take a look you later. so she was born in 1971 so it's nice and easy math and her first film oh she was in lucas 1986 all right she's so she a kid 15. yeah Huh. And she was in Beetlejuice, so she would have yeah. been uh, 17, right? 88? But they, yeah, but they played her up like she's 13 in that mm. movie. She's little. She's very short. Yeah. Wee little well, every, everyone in Hollywood is short except for uh, Hemsworth. Uh, it's Gordy like, Weaver. <laughs> yeah, she's very tall for a woman. Yeah, right. she's, she's real tall. Yeah, she's 5'10. Queen. Yes, she is. <laughs> The whole age disparity thing, it's a thing that's been around Hollywood for a long time. And it's gross. And it's, um, <laughs> I, I don't know, it's it's always kind of annoyed me. I guess when it's less gross when you're both very consenting adults. Like, you know, mm. Harrison Ford at 60 marrying Callista Flockhart, who's 40, yeah. isn't as gross as, <laughs> oh, it was in that movie Mother. Like, Jennifer oh. Lawrence is like 24 and Javier Bardem is like is fifty three. Now I know that that movie is a different thing, but yeah. like oh that that's also a big Jennifer Lawrence problem. <laughs> Other than Hunger Games, her love interests are always men who are like ten to twenty years older than her. That's yeah, just what what they like, do with her. Yeah, I probably should not have done this, but oh I, no, where are we going? I, I jumped over to Sigourney Weaver's Wikipedia page. <laughs> And you know, oh boy, this really disappoints me. I oh really no. am upset by this. In 2009, she's one of the people who signed the petition to allow Roman Polanski to become back, come back to the United States. Oh, why, Sigourney? Oh. <sighs> really? We're going to have to cancel this podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's any consolation. This is the last one she's in. So Okay. We'll continue on. But we would have okay. I'm going on record. We would have stopped this podcast <laughs> if there were more Sigourney Weaver movies, knowing what I know now that I could have Googled at any time. <laughs> that is upsetting. I wish I did not look that Man. up. Man. Well, it's Wikipedia. Maybe it's not true. Look at that. I'm going to yeah, ask okay. the question. Yeah, can, we, can, can we be here for just a minute? If we want to, if you want to delete this later, that's fine. But like, <laughs> because we've had so much, you know, these actors, we find out so many things about them later, right? Yeah. Like, like Kevin Spacey comes to mind. Mm. So, what Kevin Spacey did is is horrendous, and mm. you know, there's no excuse, and all of the things, right? But is it okay to still go back and watch a movie that he's in and enjoy the movie? Does that make sense? Like, it does, and Juan, I do you don't want to watch American Beauty. <laughs> do you subscribe to the Scott Ackerman comedy bang bang theory on this? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Scott Ackerman's theory on this, which I like, I, I like because it gives me free reign to watch the things I like to watch. But basically, yeah. it says you're allowed to enjoy all of the media art that they've produced up until the point you found out. So yeah. anything they made up until that, like, so the Sigourney Weaver thing, right? Yeah. I just found that out today. So I'm now allowed to watch everything and enjoy everything she did up to th today, this moment. So anything yeah. she makes after today? Well, when you did she sign the petition? <laughs> 2009. Nope. It, so it, anything it, before 2009, then... then no, it's when like, you no. find out about yeah. it. Yeah, that's the Ackerman beauty. Is uh, <laughs> It's only for you. So this is... So that, again, we're still in this space, and I apologize. But I'm going to bring it back towards Alien Resurrection with Please. the Joss Whedon conversation. So mm -hmm. we all know that, that kind of the light came out after Justice League you know, kind of how he treated Gal Gadot and all of the other kind of women on set. So that takes me back to the whole, you know, thing of like, are you, am I allowed? Yeah, Joss Whedon's effectively out of Hollywood. So it's not like I have to worry about the rule of the dude that you said. But <laughs> Serenity is still my favorite movie of all time. I mean, it's my favorite movie. <laughs> and I still oh, watch wait, that. Oh, wait, whoa, pump the brakes. Serenity, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming you're a big fan of Firefly then. Because he yeah, it couldn't I be watched, dependent I watched, on that, right? No, yeah, I actually watched Fire uh, Serenity before Firefly. I didn't know Firefly existed until after I watched the movie sixteen times. Wow! Like I didn't know it was a thing until I I was literally on IMDb looking up these actors. I'm like, wait a minute, they're all on a show called Firefly, and then I bought the series and watched it, you know, four or five times. So Firefly's great, by the way. I will. Firefly is great. It's a lot of fun. So, it's yeah, really it's a great show. favorite movie. Favorite movie. I I've, love I've movie. never heard that before. And I'm not saying, and, I know that sounds real dickish to me and I apologize, but I have never <laughs> heard anybody tell me that before. That's interesting to me. Well, and I. What is it about it I mean, that gets it to that, escalates it or elevates it to that level for you? I love the dialogue. I love the banter. I love the fact that, that Malcolm Reynolds is what Han Solo was supposed to be. Hmm. I love the, the interplay between the different characters. I love the fact that like the opening sequence we get to we get to meet the entire crew without being force fed like if you've not seen the show you get to meet the crew in a way that informs you who they are without yeah. giving a name tag on them i love the fact that the villain is so dead set in doing what he thinks is the right thing to do which in this case is to kill the the our heroes uh, there's just there's just something really enjoyable about all of that and I usually, honestly, when most people ask me what my favorite movie is, I just say Star Trek because it's easy. Um, <laughs> unless there are people that do this kind of thing. 
and actually seen Serenity, then I can say, oh, it's actually Serenity. But, but yeah, I just I don't know. It's it's uh, yeah. everything about it just it it's a check mark for me. You know, uh, the the women in the movie are awesome. There's never a damsel in this, you know, in, in um, the damsel in distress kind of trope. You know, it's like everything works for me in that movie. There's not um, there's nothing in, in for me that I don't point to and go, yeah, that that works. So. It's just it's just way for it. Nice. That's way for it's for me. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Well, we can certainly transition back to this movie instead of talking <laughs> about all the other horrible people in Hollywood. <laughs> That'd be nice. I'd appreciate that actually. And I'm gonna stop um, looking people up on Wikipedia, that's for sure. You're only gonna find bad things. Uh, yeah. Um we've talked quite a bit about the basketball scene, but we have to say she really made the basket. Like we have she to did. acknowledge it. Yep. Way to go. That was weird. I saw one lady. thing where she did it in like the sixth take and the other one where she did it so many times that she said, basically, you're going to give you one more shot at this, and then we're done for the day. We've been here all day. <laughs> and she nailed it on the last shot. So Aww. I don't know which of those is, is accurate. Yeah, I, I saw that that competing argument or competing trivia, and yeah. I thought, but, you know, I mean, IMDb trivia is like Wikipedia. Anyone can post it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, I mean, yeah. if if someone said she did on her sixth take, that that tells me that either – it was a crew member that left for lunch and came back and only saw six <laughs> shots. Or it was a yeah. crew member that was just really pissed that they spent so much time on a basketball shot that they, they said, well, I'm going to say it was all day because meh. Yeah. It, it honestly reminded me of another really bad movie. I shouldn't say another bad movie. It reminded me of <laughs> a bad movie. Thank you. Um, yeah. No, you're right. Uh, with um, Escape from L.A. when oh. – uh, when uh he he makes the half like the full court shot like he actually tried it and of course the trivia said he did it like on the third take um i hate that basketball scene so much (laughs) i mean there's not a lot to like about that movie but the surfing part oh the surfing a tsunami is pretty terrible um like it's all kind of terrible i mean steve (laughs) steve buscemi kind of makes it fun oh and the fact that um what's his name uh oh come on help me out uh, give me some sugar, baby. Um, Bill Campbell, Ruby. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Uh, Bruce Campbell is in it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So he does elevate it like a point for that. Simply, <laughs> I like that rule. That's, yeah. that's a fair rule to to movie grading. All right, I'm trying to see what else do we need to cover here? Because other than like my tremendous number of questions, which is like, <laughs> how come Ripley uses her blood to make a whole? in the window to kill the newborn but when the alien is straight up drooling all over the glass inside by the scientists it doesn't make the glass have a hole in it how come it's different kinds of glass i don't well, why that, is it not? but that's saliva versus blood right oh yeah i know you're right i'm wrong all right right down the date what time is it <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about that what are your thoughts on that whole concept of the alien baby thing what are you guys trying to what do you think about that i think it's uh well I, I, let's get your thoughts first what do you what do you what are your thoughts on it? i mean the the idea of it is really it's it's really interesting um it mm. was terrifying and gross and, and weird looking and they couldn't afford to have um they only had there's only one shot where you see it head to toe and it's because the 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 animatronics of it were very awkward and cumbersome and expensive so that's why you get one shot i don't know i kind of like this idea that that that's like the next evolution of the species is to be more, I guess, more human ish like, but 
their their species is crazy that when you're born you're born at seven feet tall and lethal i mean yeah. that, that that's, a, that's a crazy <laughs> uh that's a crazy evolution series there you know yeah I, I also would have to argue that i don't think ripley's gift of the human reproductive system is an upgrade on what the aliens were doing that queen was in agony screaming as she birthed a live alien normally their species just like pops out some little legs and then they're not even around when the face huggers come out like yeah. that is a downgrade in a reproductive cycle and also it like tears through the body yeah, like, yeah. and then it murdered her yeah. <laughs> like not better disagree oh, yeah. with dr chucky you keep calling him chucky i think of him as warm tongue from <laughs> lord of the rings but yeah. Yeah. yeah whedon definitely has some interesting thoughts about the uh, birthing process absolutely uh, did you see the really uh, great trivia about the genitalia yes but explain that share that yeah, so basically they they crafted the the newborn with both male and female reproductive organs on the outside and you can see them in the shot and the MPAA was like you can't do that and so <laughs> they had to digitally remove them in the one uh, you know that big that long shot that they Ugh. did. <laughs> yeah. I I remember thinking when I saw it in the theaters this is just so stupid. This is so ridiculous. It's so gross. But it is. It's. It is. It's very effective and it's very unsettling. The yeah. Way, and it's the. I don't know. Part of it is the eyes. Yes. Is what really yes. kind of sells it for me. Uh -huh. But it is just you're watching this thing. You're thinking, oh dear God. That's like, yeah. Ugh. Gives you the willies. Yeah. It's really gross and and horrifying. And it definitely reminds me of the little son of Godzilla, the way it makes those weird squeaky noises. Mm, like yeah. sometimes it sounds like a baby and sometimes it sounds like a monster and that's confusing. So, uh, uh, and then the whole way that it dies is brutal. It is like, rough, yeah. Oh, it's disgusting and it's so upset. And, it's, and then Ripley's upset. It's very, very upsetting. That's a rough way to die. Of, of oh. all the ways to see the villain yeah. ultimately get killed, that's one of the rougher ways to go. Yeah. That's um, all right. Perfect transition. Speaking of a rough way to go, do you think Ripley Seven, when she's saying kill me, that she is like, please light me on fire? I want to have a miserable death. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought that too. I was like, that's not how, that's Probably not that. humane. Yeah, no, I, I'd say no. I don't think that's what she had in mind. Was like, yeah, just torch a, me. Yeah, she's she like a gallon of morphine right over there. Yeah, yeah, just like turn turn it up. Just like let me go to sleep forever. Like no, yeah. instead she just like takes a flamethrower to her. Like that's that is cruel. But let's, let's let your last five seconds of life be the worst so yeah. far. <laughs> like, damn Ripley. But all of those uh, failed clones were very, very disturbing as well. Mm -hmm. Just, but it oh. did give us a good one-liner when Ron Perlman goes, it's a waste of ammo. <laughs> yeah. But then, oh, but like then later he shoots a spider. So uh. <laughs> I like that part too, honestly. Yeah. I, I did like that he shot the spider. Yeah. I appreciated that. <laughs> oh, that whole baby. Uh, worst. Yeah. My notes just say worst baby ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, ooh. Oh, I guess those really kids tough. from orphanage. This thing is uh, <laughs> unsettling. I'm not going to be able to forget what that thing looks like ever. No, I mean, and yeah, but also mm -hmm. like 
the design of it, it like like how would it ever ingest food? You know, like it didn't have cheeks, you know, like it was just yeah. a jaw with teeth. It's like, how is it gonna? I don't know. I guess he just swallowed a whole bit. That big tongue thing that came out was really just oh yeah. It's yeah, yeah. And like you said, worm tongues up there going, Oh, she likes you. <laughs> Are you only alive just to be creepy? Yeah. And then and then eventually he, you know, the it bites you in the head. That was a really gross scene though. Yeah, that was, was a horrifying. <laughs> There was a lot of that. There was another one. Like, didn't the uh, alien like squish somebody? Like, he killed. Like, right? It was uh, uh not, not, he was the soldier at the end. He was the guy towards the end when he yeah. went to go help out. Uh, uh, call. Like, he got squished or something. Oh, yeah, right? Squished he his just... head. Like, popped it like a. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Like, yeah. He did. These are some really, really messed up deaths. Uh, there is yeah. a lot more gore in this, I think, than in any other other films previously, yeah. which Ooh. is good for me. Yeah, I mean, I was I was enjoying it. I I honestly like shrieked out loud when the chestburster came through the other guy's head. Oh gosh, what a cool death, though! It was so cool. <laughs> it was a very satisfying death for like the worst human in yeah. in a movie full of terrible humans. Yeah. yeah, that was one of my notes. Wow, what a cool death for the scientist <laughs> asshole. That was yeah. My note. <laughs> Anything else? Any other deaths we need to review? Any other? trivia that you have sean any other winona rider uh information that we should have like what is there anything else before we get into our favorite performances and our egg ratings uh the last couple of things i have i i did take some notes on this um mm-hmm. uh was let's see i like the idea that the wheelchair is basically a weapons platform i did kind of like that part yeah um did you guys ever see the movie maverick oh sure Another horrible person. In Maverick, there's the, the scene at the end of the movie when the, the leader, like the guy who, who owns the casino or the, the boat, whatever, he's like, Cooper, your security isn't worth a damn. Everyone's got a gun. You know, like, so in this movie, <laughs> like that, that scene replays in my head mm. because everyone had a gun in this. Yeah. Scene. <laughs> I mean, like, Call has a stiletto blade. That security check did not do a single it, thing it didn't yeah. do anything let's see the last thing i thought was weird was there's a lot of times when there are close-ups of the actors and i mean like close mm. and i only noticed it the only two times i noticed it were on sigourney weaver and uh, renona Ryder. and it's when there's a ring light yeah but it's you know it's dots mm-hmm. in their eyes in their eyes yeah and i didn't notice it on the dudes i only noticed it on the two of them and I, I wonder if that was some way to kind of signify that they're different than other people. Oh. Because the, the first time I noticed it, it was on Sigourney Weaver. And I thought, oh, they're they're giving us a, a lighting effect to show that she sees differently. But then when they did it on Winona Ryder, I thought, oh, well, okay. So I was kind of confused. So my, my note literally was, is this a TikTok video? Like, <laughs> Yeah. The, the, I, I noticed that on their eyes, too. And I... I hope it's intentional. That'd be a lot cooler than just like a weird lighting accident. Well, no, I mean, that that has to be very intentional. I mean, when you're looking through the lens of a camera, one of the first things you're looking for is how is the light being reflected off of your eyes? That's one yeah. of the main things that you're being lit for. Um, one of the few little nuggets that I learned when I actually worked on the couple of movies that I worked on. You know, so like that's that's an intentional thing, but I thought it was special to Sigourney yeah. Weaver. But then when they did it to her, I thought, okay, then mm-hmm. maybe we're we're – we're just going to highlight the heroes or something. I, I don't know. I just, it could be, I, mean, I, I don't be just also trying to really focus on just those hypnotic black pools that you just lose yourself in as you're yeah. watching her. <laughs> it's on extreme close-ups, right? I mean, it's when her face is 90% of the screen. Yep. You, yeah. You, kinda, you have to look at something 
And it's like, well, why not stare into her eyes, which, you know, are yes, very have to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess it's, it's a time for Scalzo's right. score corner. Uh, I, I was going to ask. Yeah. Do we need to we need to discuss that? It didn't, didn't seem like you're too keen on this one. I am not. I was not overly impressed, unfortunately, with uh, uh, John Frizzle's score for this film at all, unfortunately. Um, it has maybe some interesting moments, but I think that's mostly because of the use of some different instruments, particularly like the um, so the use of rub rods for some of the uh, eerie oh. sounds in uh, oh. the film, which I think were was at least interesting. And I think it does an adequate job of establishing the atmosphere, but in the end, it's very generic and pretty forgettable. Mm. I think it's it's all incidental scene-specific themes, and there's no overarching kind of piece, nothing really that rouses yeah. at all. Nothing like the first film or the second film scores. So I'd really got, I don't know, if I was to, I was to eggs this son, son of a gun, I'd go maybe two eggs <laughs> for that, that uh, score. That's, the, that's as high as I could go yeah. for it, unfortunately. Are you so, surprised that he got the job by sending in a cassette tape? <laughs> well, it's the 90s. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> you know, we're still still selling a bunch of CDs, so I'm not that upset about it. I think there were still tapes okay. for sale in the 90s. Yeah, I was still definitely. making mixtapes. Yes, for sure. Oh, wait, no, I didn't. I actually, here's a little, a little <gasps> trivia for me. I was working in the ni- mid-90s in my first job. I had a Pizza Hut. And I spent like two paychecks on a CD burner. Folks, I cannot tell you how expensive CD burners, like were decks, like they went in with your stereo system. Some of the bitch was like $400 (laughs) in And and to buy blank CDs. Yeah. Yeah. If you bought, like you didn't buy them in a stack that you buy now or not now, even 15 years ago, but like you'd buy like 10 and that was, you know, that'd be $20. Yeah. And I saved up all my money to buy one of those, and I was making my own mix CDs. Fun little trivia for you, too. First first CD I ever burned, I made a greatest hits of not David Bowie, which is what you would think. No. Uh-huh. George Michael. Oh. So there you go. All right. Write that wow. down, folks. That'll be uh, on the <laughs> test later. In the end, no, again, the score, <laughs> underwhelming. There's some people who really like this score. I cannot okay. wrap my head around that. I mean, good for you. Do what you do. But uh, I'm yeah. two egg and that's SOB. That's fair. That's fair. So, I'm not going to argue with that. I uh, I admit um, I'm, I'm, I'm it's cool that you you guys talk about the score specifically um, being a music person as I am. Uh, I love talking about film scores and whatever. And oh, I so 100% I, I think it's bad. I think it's forgettable. <laughs> I think it's there's a little bit of the original Aliens theme, which was written by Jerry Goldsmith, who is a brilliant person. Mm-hmm. Um and this guy has done other good things. So um, he's done a lot of movies that you've heard of with yeah. with forgettable scores. He did Dante's Peak. And mm. um, he did Office Space, which is not known for its music. It's known for its comedy. You know, he did mm. uh, he did two episodes of Star Trek Enterprise. So this movie has more Star Trek connections Ooh. than I, I realized. <laughs> um, he did Ghost Ship and 13 Ghosts. And Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, that's a um, weird one cult class. on yeah. his IMDb. Uh, he also did Space Chimps, the video game. So, <laughs> you know, whatever. You know what? More power yeah. to him. He's working. Get so, yeah, me. Yeah. Good for yeah, him. he's working. Good for him. Yeah. And, you know, there's worse ways to, to, to make a, a buck in, in Hollywood. But 
<laughs> yeah, this story is... knows all about that. She can tell you some stories. <laughs> okay. I'll have to grill her on that episode uh, when she comes on our show. <sighs> all right. I fermented. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was you. I thought it was on my side. I thought, wait, what did that do? <laughs> No, that is the. Um, I'm going to use it for the rest of the series. Yeah, Lana, that's all right. That's the affirmative from the Alien Three audio book. That's not even mm-hmm. from Aliens. because oh. yeah. it's so bad. <laughs> I, I liked it. And used like a dozen times in that audio book for some. It reason. was a little, a little much. All right, let's get into our favorite performances in this film. There's a lot of choices, huh? Are there? Affirmative. <laughs> I didn't even mean to set it up like that. Oh, that's, that's great. Now that I can hear it and not be scared that it's my computer making noise. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I'm, I'm going to go first because mine is weird because he's not that important to it. And also I have not even discussed this person in the however long we've been recording. Two days. <laughs> you're welcome uh my favorite performance is dan hadea really uh, yeah as soon as i was like that's Cher's dad i was like this man makes no sense in this movie he's so strange like his tone and performance did not feel like it belonged and i enjoyed how absurd that was yeah it's a it's a weird choice it's a weird uh yeah. casting choice first of all because he doesn't exude general you know no. like no, <laughs> you know you need you need to give me um oh the Candyman what's his name Tony Todd yes give me Tony Todd or he does he, not belong he, here and that is get what I loved <laughs> like the salute when he tossed the grenade to kill his men and the alien yeah. and then he salutes it's just so cheesy yeah and then while he pr- presses presses the trigger he cringes even though it's going off in space. <laughs> it's just yeah. like this guy does not feel prepared for this job at all. He feels yeah. so out of his depth and again, I just I loved it. Like he he feels like he was cast when they were considering like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's still the company who's in charge of some stuff and he's like, you know, a corporate bad guy. But he does not feel like a menacing general. He's he shares dad. You know, he, yeah. he was <laughs> sucking on lemons for that one scene like all day. And he got sick afterwards <gasps> because he was, you know, sucking on lemons the whole time because they did that scene over and over again. The reason he's in this supposedly is because, you know, is a massive fan of the Coen brothers and loves Uh-oh. Blood Simple, which Hodea is in. And he loved him in that movie. So he wanted to cast him in this. And that's why he's in it. That's so nice. I like yeah, that story. I mean, you know, <laughs> Hollywood is very, um, oh, it's the right, not the right. I, I have misogynistic in my head, but that's not the right but word. But it is. Um, it's true. I mean, it is, but that's not the right word. I'm looking Affirmative. For. Yeah. What's, what is it when you only use your family? Um, uh, ne- nepotism. No, nah, yeah. Nepotism. I don't know the other word. No, that's, that's the word. Nepotism. <laughs> it's very nepotypic. That's not a word. Yeah. That's, I, that's I mean. the one I can't think of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right, that that was my weird weird choice, General Perez. That is weird. That's yeah, weird, especially uh, especially when you have a performance by a leading actress who's been in three other films and is clearly having the best time she's had in any <laughs> of them, where she gets yeah. to turn this role on its head and go really just nuts with it and is having an absolute blast. I don't think there's any other option but 
Sigourney Weaver for this selection. I don't, I don't know where else you go. I appreciate your Hedaya pick. It is <laughs> flatly and clearly wrong. But still, I think Weaver's your only choice. Sean, who do you got? Well, I'll, now that you've basically told me that whatever I'm going to say is wrong. Um, honestly, I, I hated him throughout the entire movie, but I think you're supposed to. I really enjoyed the over-the-top ridiculous that is Ron Perlman. Yeah. He's also a dude that probably at the age of 20 looked like he's 50. Like, <laughs> he's just a weird-looking dude, and mm. he had some of the worst dialogue in the movie, but it also sounded like things that he would say, like just, you know, like Sigourney Weaver says, do you have a way to get off the ship? And he goes, I have a way to get you off but not the ship. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's a, he's kind of a one note guy, right? Like you need a gruff, big, strong, foul mouth. I'm going to punch you in the mouth 15 times and then say, good morning. Then like you get this, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody yeah. hasn't watched the wonderful eighties TV show, beauty and the beast. Because I, he's I a actually sensitive have... monster in that show. I have seen a couple of those because my mom watched them when I was a, when I was a kid. As did mine. As did mine. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 remember, I remember watching them going, oh, wait a minute. Is the Terminator chasing B- uh, Bell over there or what's right. going on? But... I, I unabashedly love Ron Perlman and I love the fact yeah. that uh, Guillermo del Toro continues just to slot him in everything that he does. <laughs> yeah. He has a great small little role in one of my favorite films of the last like 20 years uh, drive and uh, yeah, I'm a big Perlman guy, so I cannot. You know what, Sean, you're off the hook. I can't give you any oh, flack yeah. for a Ron Perlman selection. So congratulations. You're safe. You're safe. I'm sure. the only one with a bad choice. Oh, clearly. yeah, definitely, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's well, and, I, and again, I've already I've already said it. I have to do an exam. He, of course, is our other big Star Trek connection. He's he's in Star Trek Nemesis, which also stars a very young uh, guy who would be. Oh. No, she's in the she's in the oh nine Star Trek. Oh yeah, I can't remember what's his name? The guy that's uh freaking the new Mad Max. Um, oh. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. It's a very it's Tom Hardy's oh, uh, theatrical yeah. debut. He's, he's all Star skinny. Trek. Yeah, he's a little weird. Guy. It's weird. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't look great. No, because he's like twenty two, twenty five or something. Like he's really young, and yeah, it's great. Then Rob Ron Perlman is like this weird alien that's all big and muscly, and and he and Riker get into a big fist fight. It's great. Mm-mm. Are we ready for uh, egg ratings? I'm going to spare you yeah. another I affirmative, so I'm just going to say yes. You could do it. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for everybody. I want to be special. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to go first again because I I already started. So, um, I had, there were a lot of things about this movie that didn't make any damn sense. There were a lot of things in this movie that I thought were kind of stupid, but this was fun, and. Uh, my tagline for this movie is Deep Blue Alien because it is so much like Deep Blue Sea, which I love. It's it's just fun nonsense. Like if you take away the fact that it's supposed to be a sequel to two of the greatest films and then like one meh movie, let like take that off of it. Take that responsibility off of this movie. It's just fun. It's a good time. So I'm giving it three and a half eggs. I liked it. Three and a half. Wow. Three and a half. I liked it. I would watch it again. Look at you. Deep Blue Alien, baby. I'm not going that far. I'm going to come in a <laughs> modest but respectful three eggs. Okay. Okay. I think that's... It's it's unfairly maligned, folks. If you've never watched it because you've heard it's the worst film in the series and it's, it's crap and it's 
you know, blah, 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 blah. Trust me, it's actually worth checking out. I guess clearly though, don't watch it on Prime, but oh, no. uh, yeah. it's worth <laughs> searching out. It's actually yeah. fun, interesting, some fun ideas, great performances by a few people, some great effects, awesome some great bets. gore. Uh, well worth checking out. Three eggs from El Capitan here. Sean, bring <laughs> us home. Yeah. What you got, what Sean? You got? So I, I have to, I do have to tell your listening audience. So on my show, when we do rate uh, rankings, uh, we have <laughs> to use lots of decimal points because we've done over 300 episodes. And so you have to distinguish, you know, a movie from, so <laughs> Lady Juan literally <laughs> sent me a message. We're going to do an egg rating. Is that a five? Don't use decimal. Yeah. Like you can use a half. Only. You can only use half. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, obviously you've known me long enough now to know. <laughs> to your point, Chris, specifically when you said, you know, you shouldn't watch this because it's the worst movie in the franchise. But that's the problem is that it is the worst movie of the franchise. But I still think you, you should watch it. If Counting the AVPs? I have to interrupt here. You're... I don't. I don't count those. I'm talking about this Just quadrilogy. Yeah, whatever you want to call okay. it. Like this. This okay. is the, the the thing. I don't count any of that stuff. It's other universe, whatever. <laughs> it's like fan fiction on film or something. I don't right. know. Uh, I I don't hate this movie. I think it's worth a watch if you are listening to this thinking, should I watch it? Absolutely. Again, maybe maybe uh, Amazon Prime isn't the best way, but if it's your only way, just pretend that the the spaceship looks better than it does. <laughs> I'm going to give it two and a half uh, okay. eggs out of five. Okay. That's fair. For context, that is what I gave uh, Alien 3. So I I like Resurrection better than Alien 3. <laughs> and I, I would, my final note, I would like to point out too, just to keep yes. Winona Ryder in your thoughts, because she does suffer from anxiety, depression, and insomnia, which she has spoken out about. So, okay. Okay. Well, it's a good thing that she, <laughs> never mind. I'm going to be nice. I had no other Winona Ryder facts to throw in except for that. And I'm like, wow, that's real. That's a bummer way to close the show. But I had no other, I wanted to have another Winona fact. But, but that's all I Oh, here we go. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. She received her star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame back in 2000. Oh, wow. So there you go. All right. Okay. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah. I have no idea. I, um, <laughs> so I was looking, so when on IMDb, to put a little bow on this, I was looking to see if, because uh, it has, this movie was uh, nominated for 21 awards and mm-hmm. won seven. And so, like, it won the Saturn Award for Best DVD Collection. So, oh. for all four of them. And it was nominated for Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films for Best Actress and for Sigourney Weaver and One Rider, Best Director. So, I mean, critically, this movie was actually kind of well-received. It, it feels like because honestly, I was looking to see if this was on the Razzie Awards, <laughs> and it's not. Um, the only one it got was it was nominated for the Stinker's Bad Movie Awards, which I'd never heard of. It was nominated for Sigourney Weaver and Winona Ryder. So. It came out to mixed reviews. It, it wasn't really like panned or celebrated. It was very mixed reviews. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I said this earlier when we talked about it, but it opened at number five. When it came out, uh, like fifth in the box office, but it did manage to go up, which is just such such a different way that the box office works now versus when it was the late 90s. Um, It crawled up to number two for its second and third weeks out, but it was never able to beat Flubber, which is just (laughs) always just right behind Flubber. 
throughout its release. Mm-hmm. I, I saw Flubber in the theater, so I, I contributed to that. <laughs> you did. You you kept Sorry. Flubber on top of Alien <laughs> Resurrection. I was gonna ninety seven. Yeah, I was gonna go see Flubber in the theater. I wasn't gonna honestly. Go see this. I saw Flubber in the theater in nineteen ninety seven. I have never seen Flubber, so you're oh, you're fine. <laughs> oh, it's a cute movie. It's worth watching. Sean, I, I think the window may have closed for you to enjoy Flubber. It may have. Sean, you've inspired me in my final Winona Ryder fact of the Ooh. episode and possibly this entire season of the show. Oh. Is that Winona won favorite supporting actress at the Blockbuster Entertainment Awards for this performance. Oh. Nice. So there you go. I like award that. And, and a, Winona Ryder. I like that that award was named favorite performing mm-hmm. actress. Um, which is how we do our favorite performances. It's not best, it's favorite. That's right. And yeah. that's what matters. Because yeah. Bradley Dorf would win every time. Dr. Chucky or... <laughs> What'd you call him worm... again? There yeah, Wormtongue. Worm Grima Wormtongue from Lord of the Rings. That's, that's unfortunate. Is that a, like a birth name? Is that a... That's unfortunate. <laughs> well, if you're going to be a bad guy, uh, Tolkien is going to make sure the readers know that you're a bad guy by your name. It's a helpful shorthand. Yeah. All right. I, I think we've done it unless there are more Winona facts coming my way. Are we I think good? I'm tapped out. All right. I, I expect more later in the season that will com- be complete non sequiturs. Okay. Okay. Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you tell all of our listeners where they can hear more from you? Oh, sure. Uh, again, this was a complete blast. And <laughs> as, as happens most of the time, well, maybe not most of the time, but quite often, uh, I had way more fun having a conversation with you two about the movie than watching the movie itself. <laughs> um, but it does happen. Uh, it, is, it does happen. So I, uh, I am Sean from Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. Um, you can find all of our information if you do the if you go to Linktree, Linktree, linktr.ee slash Cheap Seat Reviews. That's links to all of our website and Facebook and Twitter and places like that. And we are going to record. Um, I don't know when this episode will air, but in our timeline of now, uh, <laughs> Lady Juan is joining me tomorrow yeah. to record our episode of the last, uh, the Return of the Jedi. Yes. In our uh, Star Wars trilogy uh, review. And so we're very excited to have her back on the show because yeah. uh, you, you came on before we did Sucker Punch. Yep. And that was, was my pick. <laughs> wow. Uh, we, I, I've done it, uh, wait, three times now, right? We did well, Sucker Punch, uh, Hidden Figures, and Birds of Prey. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 So this will be your, gosh, yeah, this will be your fourth. So yeah, this is very cool. We're very excited <laughs> to have you back on for that. So. Yeah, wow. This is a... Second week in a row that um, we have a host that <laughs> you've been on their show multiple times and uh, yeah. I haven't been on any. We'll get you on, Chris. We'll, we'll open invitation. In fact, we're going to talk off air. I got an idea for you. All Ooh. right. Well, I do accept charity. So that is fine with me. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again, Sean. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. You can reach us here at the show at screenrunfun at gmail.com. You can follow us at screenrun on Twitter. Uh, I am at the lady one. Chris is at CG Scalzo. Please subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find the episodes at screenrun.fun. And uh, wherever you're listening, like maybe Apple Podcasts, if you could just give us five stars and and leave a review, it would it would just make my day. So if you would could do that, that would be great. Please. Thank you. Is that good?
That's wonderful. <laughs> All right, Sean, thank you so much for joining us. I had a lot of fun. I'm, I got to tell you, being of the season, if somebody told me that Alien Resurrection would be the longest show we recorded, I would have said, <laughs> there's just no way. But you know what it was? Well, it was Winona Ryder facts amongst us. Uh, it was a lot of Winona. I'm not mad uh, about that. Other diversions. It's also my fault, too. So <laughs> I, I, I tend I, you know, we're not recording anymore, well, right? We're done. No, 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 no. We're still going. Oh, yeah. We still are. So Juan, but Juan is a, it's just a, vicious editor so she could end up cutting about you know 60 percent of everything you said too so you never know what's going well which is I, I totally uh would both uh understand and expect that fair enough so anyway thanks again everybody for listening It'll be a nice episode there you go and we will see you all soon take care for the sake of the series and also because i heard they were going to do alien versus predator or something that i thought was just sounded awful Shithole.